I'm AJ Hogue, the author of Effortless English. Learn to speak English like a native and the father of the effortless English system that trains you, that teaches you to speak English fluently. You speak English effortlessly. You speak English confidently. You think in English when you train with my VIP program. My VIP program, you commit to my VIP program. You commit, don't quit, to my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. EffortlessEnglishClub.com. A casual walk and talk today, walking, walking over to the mall, to the coffee shop. No baby today. My wife is watching both babies this afternoon. I get a little break. How nice. How wonderfully nice. Yes. Very good. Very, very, very good that I get a little break. So, get a walk to the mall. I have to admit, I must admit, I'm going a little stir-crazy right now. Stir-crazy. Stir-crazy is a... I guess it's kind of an idiom. Stir-crazy means you are... Like, uh... How to explain? Like, you're kind of crazy because you feel like you're, uh... You're, you're, you're kind of a little bit bored, you're restless. It's kind of restlessness. Restlessness. Meaning, it's usually like, say, for example, if you're stuck inside. If it's maybe it's raining, like when you're a little kid, right? A child. It's raining for five days in a row and they can't go outside. They get stir-crazy, meaning they get, they get sick of being inside all the time. And... So they, they, they start getting really, 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 you know, kind of irritated and frustrated and, and they got all this energy and they just really, really, really want to get outside and play. Right? Stir crazy. To go, we say go, go stir crazy. So I'm, I'm uh, going a little stir crazy right now. Uh, because, you know, I'm also, I like being outside. You guys probably know this. I like being outdoors. I like walking a lot. I like uh, being out of the house. We also have a phrase in English, kind of, we describe as like a homebody. A homebody. You can describe someone, say, he's a homebody, she's a homebody. A homebody is someone who likes to be at home a lot. Right? They like to, they just kind of like to, hang out at home, be in their own house. Um, you know, just they enjoy the peacefulness of being at home a lot. So, I'm the opposite of that. My wife is like that. My wife is happy to be in the apartment most of the time. But I'm the opposite. I've always been this way since I was a child and it has never changed. I like being out. I like being outside. I like being out in the world. I go crazy if I'm stuck in my house or apartment for too long. really hate it. It just makes me uh, start getting really uh, agitated, right? Frustrated. Uh, stir crazy. Stir crazy. So because we have two little babies 
and especially because one baby is still not so strong he can't go out really not much I take him walking occasionally in our neighborhood a little bit like 45 minutes at the most but because of that I've been stuck inside with the babies you know most much more than usual I've had to spend a lot more time in the apartment than usual and uh, yes after over three months of doing this now I'm starting to get stir crazy like I was just starting to feel kind of uh, this kind of strong nervous restless energy to get out to get out to get out I find myself dreaming of trips now like I'm so <laughs> even though we got the babies I'm already thinking about you know our family trips and vacations like where do I want to go first with them and uh, where are we gonna go next and uh, you know, I'm thinking about maybe doing the Camino again the Camino de Santiago with my wife and my children all four of us doing that in a couple years when they're still little so I'll have to carry them or push them and we're already kind of starting to plan that and think of at least the year about two years from now and even before that for next year after my baby boy is doing better and stronger and he's strong enough to travel we're already thinking of places to go probably Hawaii probably go to Hawaii first as a first family uh, trip with the babies Hawaii is uh, easy to get to from Japan it's a beautiful beautiful place it's an easy place to to have children um, so I think that's probably gonna be our first trip so I'm already dreaming about Hawaii and what we can do and where we can go with the babies and you know maybe invite some of my family from America to visit us in Hawaii and so ha huh, this kind of helps me so I'm not so crazy just to start dreaming about some of these travels and trips because I'm stuck in I'm stuck indoors I'm stuck in the apartment too much especially summertime summertime this is the time I'm usually outdoors all the time I'm outdoors walking I'm outdoors exercising you guys might remember like all the walk and talks I think I started those in the summer last year so I like to be out 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 so I love going out with my daughter you know it's great that my baby girl I can carry her I can go out with her a decent amount but she's still you know she's still a little baby she's only three months old so I can't stay out too long with her and the other thing is because it's summer and it's hot I can't I can't have my baby uh, girl in the hot summer sun for very long so that's why I walk at the mall a lot with her because it's indoors it has air conditioning so I don't want her to get too hot so I gotta be a little careful I can't be out as much as usual but still it helps today's great that I can get a break from both babies for a little bit very nice of my wife to watch both so stir crazy it's just you know some people are more like homebodies and uh, some people are like me and they're restless and they got they got to be outside all the time I'm so we're already kind of joking about my son uh, because he seems like he gets bored indoors too the poor guy has been well the first 
two and a half months of his life, he was stuck in a hospital, in a little bed in an ICU. ICU is intensive care unit. So I think he was bored just sitting in the hospital, looking up at the ceiling all the all day every day. So now he's home. He's doing much better. He's growing. He's getting stronger. Uh, but I think he's. But he likes to. He likes to also go out. He gets bored indoors. He starts getting grumpy and bad mood. And uh, I noticed when I the couple times I've taken him out. Just walking around outside a little bit. He really enjoys it. He looks around a lot. He gets very calm. So he might be like me. <laughs> he might be like me. He might like to be out all the time. So times like this, I find it does help. When I'm trying to get stir, really stir crazy. I find that just being able to sort of think about and dream about and plan some cool trips um, it helps me it helps me mentally <laughs> so I, I don't get so crazy now the first thing another thing that helps a lot is when people visit us and the good news is my mom is actually going to come to Japan I can't believe it I'm actually surprised my mom's in her 70s um, she's been very overweight her whole life. She's doing the snake diet now and so far so good, doing well. So she's planning to come this fall, September, October, something like that. She's planning to visit Japan. It will be her first time to leave America. So her first time outside of America, her first foreign trip abroad. In fact, today I had to text her and remind her she needs to get a passport. She doesn't have a passport. So she's got to get her passport and then she's going to come here and stay uh, about a month. So that ni that's nice. That helps with the stir craziness too. Get a, a new person come visit us. It's always fun to, when people visit also. You know, last year my uh, friends Kristen and Joe, my best friends, came and visited us and we had a great time. Because, of course, when people visit, especially when they're visiting a new country like Japan, um, of course, they want to get out and they want to see lots of things. So it's good. It kind of makes us get, get out, too. And uh, we have to be kind of the tour guides, which I'm looking forward to, actually. <laughs> I liked it last year with Kristen and Joe, and it'll be fun with my mom. My mom can't. She's she's older and not 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 in good shape, so I can't walk her around as much as I did with Kristen and Joe. But I'm thinking uh, thinking of you know just nice places to take her. We'll probably just take buses and things instead of walking. But uh, it's got me thinking of you know like what are the nice parts of J Japan, our area of Japan, Kansai. So I've mentioned this before, but I'll repeat it. That our area of Japan is called Kansai. It's w considered Western Japan. Kansai. And Kansai includes Osaka, Kobe, Kyoto, and Nara. Four of the most famous <laughs> places and nicest places in Japan, all near each other. They're all within one hour of each other. Less than an hour. Osaka to Kyoto is 30 minutes on the train. 
uh, Osaka to Nara, uh, 40 minutes, something like that. And Osaka to Kobe is probably 40 minutes. I, I'm not sure. I don't go there very much, but you get the idea. So these are four really nice cities. And then, of course, there's also the mountains and countryside. There's some nice air places in our area. So I think it's the, uh, I think it's the best area of Japan, in my opinion. You know, as an outsider, as a visitor, as a guest, Kansai is my favorite. I've lived in a few other places. I've been to Tokyo many times, several times. Um, it's okay. <laughs> like, I like Tokyo to visit, but it's just... It's too big and too crowded for me. Um, I, I feel the same way about New York City. It's kind of the same, same feeling. New York is a very interesting place to visit. But uh, for living, I would never want to live there. Too big and crowded. And New York's got other problems too. But for me, Osaka's like a, the perfect big city. Osaka's still a very big city, but uh, it doesn't feel like a, such a big city. I don't know. Like it, it's just, uh, it's probably the people are very relaxed. They're sort of famous for being funny and relaxed in Osaka. And I do find that. They're, and they're very friendly. They're, kind of, they're more um, outgoing, I would say, than most Japanese people. Like, they're more talkative. They'll, they'll just talk to you. Strangers will talk to you. Uh, people and uh, like employees who work at a, in, like a coffee shop or something, they'll talk. They're more chatty. They're more talkative and friendly and open. Which is very nice. I like. And uh, I don't know. It's just not does not feel as busy and crowded and tight <laughs> as Tokyo. So Osaka is a nice, nice as a big city and great food. Just amazing food here. That's not expensive. I've mentioned this before, but one of my favorite things about Osaka, Kyoto too, but especially Osaka, is that not only is the food great, but there's a lot of moderately priced food, even cheap food. There's just a lot of great quality food that is not expensive. You don't have to go to a very nice, fine dining to get great food here. You can. There are also very nice, expensive restaurants too. Many, 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 but it's not necessary. You can do it on a budget. So for Osaka, the big things to see, I mean, trying to think, like, you know, for my mom, what to show her. So Osaka, I would say it's going to be Osaka Castle for sure. My mom's really interested in Osaka Castle. And the reason is that she watched this uh, quite famous American TV series in the past. It's old, 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 old. Like 1970s? Maybe? Early 80s? Anyway, it's called Shogun. Shogun. American series. Shogun. And it's loosely, loosely, <laughs> based on some true uh, people in history. And it's about a... And an English sailor and his ship. They have a shipwreck. They crash uh, in Japan. This is back in like uh, 1600s, I think. 1500s. 15, 1600s. I can't remember. Around there. Anyway, they crash in Japan. Their ship. And then they get... Uh, 
captured by the Japanese. And then it's the story of the captain. The captain. And the captain basically, uh, over time, uh, learns Japanese culture, learns to speak Japanese, and uh, actually becomes an advisor, an advisor to the future shogun. And it's very roughly <laughs> based on some of uh, some true things in history. There was indeed a, a an English uh, captain who came to Japan and did become kind of a, an advisor to the first shogun. And he uh, he married a Japanese woman, and so it's kind of based on that. And then the historical thing in the series Shogun, um, it's kind of based on the a, a time, a kind of very famous uh, time in Japan where all these um, big, powerful lords, you know, like leaders, were uh, all kind of fighting, struggling to become the Shogun, to become the the one leader of Japan. So the series changes the names and the series is not actually the, the, the real history, but it's kind of based on that. And it's a very good series, actually. It's a very good series. It kind of, um, sorry about the noise, the background noise. The series introduced a lot of Americans to Japan Japanese culture. Alright, one second guys. I gotta walk by this noisy area. This is the, one of my least favorite things about cities. All the damn noise. It's probably the one thing more than anything else. It's the damn noise in the cities that I really hate. I hate the noisiness of the traffic and like this kind of stuff. It always made me crazy in San Francisco. San Francisco is a super noisy city. But every... S Bangkok's a very noisy city. So there are things I like about cities, but... I don't like the noise. Okay, anyway, continuing with Shogun. The series. So... Shogun introduced Japan. And especially, you know, that old classic Japanese history to America. Uh, lots of Americans. It was a very popular show. Very popular when it came out. And my mom loved, loved and still loves that series, Shogun. And in that series, Osaka Castle is a very important location. It's a very important location, Osaka Castle. And so my mom, uh, for some reason, for, for since that series, so way back in the 80s, let's say, she has sort of been interested in Osaka Castle. So when she f when we moved to Osaka, moved to Osaka, she's like, "Oh, did you see Osaka Castle? Oh, I'd like to see it." So she's kind of excited to see Osaka Castle. So definitely that'll definitely that'll be a place I'll take her. She'll get to see Osaka Castle, the real one, finally. So we'll take probably the first place I'll take her sightseeing will be Osaka Castle here in the city. We'll take her to s try some different food, of course. There's some good food places. 
there's some nice shopping areas probably take her to those areas as well in Osaka and that's really what Osaka is good for I mean for, for actual famous sightseeing places I would say Osaka Castle is the main one for the city and other than that Osaka is really more about food and shopping there, there's not a lot of things to see in my opinion that are very interesting but some people find the uh, you know sometimes I forget I've traveled a lot <laughs> so sometimes I forget that some things I think are just kind of normal that for people coming from other countries sometimes they're actually very interesting like there's a shopping arcade it's a covered it's outdoors but the it's covered right the, the roof is covered so if it rains you, you don't get wet and it's very kind of kind of crowded and it's got all these kind of little crazy shops and interesting shops um, so I, I forget that many people find that quite interesting and, and they really enjoy like those kind of unique shopping areas and uh, the underground areas are very interesting for some people in Japan because it's not usual in many places underground malls and things so anyway, I'll take her to some, a, a bunch of these things. But the main one in Osaka, Osaka Castle. The real place <laughs> that's just full of things to see in terms of sightseeing, beautiful, interesting places is Kyoto and Nara. Kyoto and Nara both. So we'll definitely take my mom to, to, to Kyoto. Now again, my mom can't walk a lot, so I'm trying to think of ways to see famous things. But I think there's some, you know, those tourist buses that kind of drive around in cities and visit the famous spots. I'm sure there's some buses and bus tours like that for people, older people or people who are not in good shape. So I'll probably do some research on that and uh, I'll take my mom over there to Kyoto and she can see some of the famous places without having to, you know, get so tired. And I personally, I love Kyoto. So I always enjoy going there. Maybe if the babies are strong enough, we'll take all four babies and we'll just go with my mom and stay a few days in Kyoto with her and we can go around sightseeing. That'll be fun too. Nara. Nara is the old, old, old capital of Japan. So first Nara was the capital, then Kyoto, then Tokyo, or Edo as it was called. Nara is quite nice. Nara is a, a small town. It's not, it's, it's, Kyoto's still a city. It's got like one million people in it. But uh, Nara is a, it's a smaller town. It's mostly a tourist town. There's, uh, there are a few, the, the, the cool things in Nara are, uh, there's, there's a really one really famous big, big Buddhist temple. Big, really big Buddhist temple. That's probably the most famous place. And then there's some other famous temples around there. And then there's a little, uh, in the little town, there's kind of an old section of the town that has, uh, like old tea houses. The old tea house buildings and things like that. That's really nice also. And li nice little shops. So we'll go to Nara. Oh, and then the other thing that's super famous in Nara are the deer. All the deer that walk around the town. 
uh, the parks really. They walk around the parks and near the temple there's all these deer and you can buy food and feed them if you want to. And, uh, so Nara is really famous for the deer. And they're, they're wild deer. They're not, it's not in a zoo. They're not in cages. They're just walking around in the town. They, uh, I can't remember the exact story, but at some time, at some time, many years ago, uh, this big group of deer just came out of the mountains and came, walked into the town. Maybe they were hungry. Maybe it was like a, maybe they were starving or something. And, uh, the people in the town started feeding them a little bit, giving them some food. So they stayed in the town and now they're there. They're all over the place. <laughs> they're, uh, there's one section where there's just, they're in the parks, they're near the temples, they're up in the, kind of in the hills a little bit and they, they just kind of now permanent residents of Nara. I guess they've realized it, you know, especially because they've become a tourist attraction, the deer. They're so famous. So now lots of people buy, you have to buy special food to feed them, but lots of food there. You can, people on the street are selling the food. So you buy the food and you can feed the deer. So I guess the deer realize, oh, this is an easy life for us. <laughs> we just hang out here and all these people feed us. So my mom, I know she'll love that. She'll love to see the deer. So I'll take her to Nara. They might take her to a place, I think it's called Oji. I have to remember. Uh, but there's a little tiny town. It's um, between Osaka and Kyoto. It's on the river. I believe it's called Oji. I'll have to check that, but it's famous for tea, green tea. And uh, for, I guess, growing it and also for these nice tea houses that they blend it and they, they make this nice green tea. We had, uh, when Kristen and Joe visited us, we went there, we went to this uh, nice old tea house, kind of famous one. We did a little tea ceremony. They'll do this for like visitors and tourists where you can uh, pay and reserve and a woman will uh, kind of just teach you and show you the basics of a tea ceremony. Of course, it's not the, the full ceremony, but it still was very nice. She kind of showed us how to grind the tea and into the powder, the green tea, and then how they make it, and then a little bit of the etiquette, you know, the ritual of how you drink it and share it. So it's very nice. Very, very nice. And then, you know, we, the tea is great too. Very strong. Very strong. Matcha. It's matcha. It's dark, 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 gr bright green. Dark, bright green. It's very strong tea. <laughs> it's, it's the, in terms of the caffeine and everything, it feels more like coffee. And also the taste is very strong. It's kind of got a strong, bitter green taste. It's, there's different kinds of green tea. You know, one is called sencha. That's what most people know. Sencha, which is more watery. It's kind of a very light green color. Right? Very light. Almost yellow. Yellow green. That's called sencha. That's what most of the time, most of the time in uh, around the world, if you get green tea, it's really sencha. It's sencha. But then there's matcha. And matcha is thick. That's, that's another thing about it. It's not so watery. It's very thick. 
very thick and it is dark dark green dark and bright so it's a very strong green color almost like paint it looks almost like dark green paint that you drink and uh, again the caffeine content is much higher than with sencha but it's also very very healthy matcha is super super healthy drink I don't know about the caffeine but it has uh, lots of other uh, chemicals in it that are good for your health and longevity matcha 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 so anyway, I, I know my mom would enjoy that to take her to the tea ceremony because my mom likes tea and so I think she'd find it very interesting. I don't know if she'd like matcha. might be too strong for her, but I do know that the overall, the, the, the ceremony, the history, the tea house, making it, all of that she would love. So I'll take her there too. So I think the town's called Oji. I'll have to ask my wife again. If it's, uh, let's see, I think she'll be here in baseball season. So I probably try to take her to a baseball game. That's also very interesting. Uh, Japanese baseball games are uh, quite fun. It's different than American baseball. I've, again, I've mentioned this before, but it's the, it's the uh, audience, the crowd. The fans are much more energetic in Japan for baseball. They play music and they're dancing and singing little songs all the time. Kind of like European soccer. Kind of like what you see with European soccer. Where the, the, the uh, crowd, the fans are constantly standing and singing songs and playing music like during the whole match. Well, that's what a Japanese baseball game's like. Very similar. So it's kind of fun. I think she would enjoy that. So I'll go take her to see the Hanshin Tigers. The Hanshin Tigers are the most famous Osaka team. There is another team called the Buffaloes, but they're more new. Uh, they don't have as many fans. Uh, the, the Tigers are really more the, the old traditional team of Osaka. And our family is our Tiger fans, at least I am. I'm kind of a Tiger fan. I don't follow it very closely, but in general, I kind of, you know, I'll support the Hanshin Tigers. When my children get older, I'll take them to see some Tigers games. Anyway, I think my mom would also enjoy a, a Hanshin Tigers game, a baseball game. It would be fun. And finally, I think uh, Koyasan. I've done a walk and talk about that topic. Koyasan is a Buddhist, very famous Buddhist temple area founded by a very famous Buddhist monk uh, called Kobodaishi or Kukai. And he's, this guy's super famous. He was a saint, you know, he was a, he was a, uh, I don't know how to, how to describe it. Saint is probably the best word, right? Saint, Bodhisattva. And he, um, he went to China and he learned uh, uh, kind of a, is what's called esoteric Buddhism. It's a specific kind of Buddhism. It's got some connections to Tibetan Buddhism, some connections to Sanatana Dharma. It's probably the f a form of Buddhism that's closest to Sanatana Dharma, in my opinion. Anyway, he went there, he learned it, he came back, and then he founded this, uh, you know, his own kind of uh, Buddhist, uh, I don't know, you call it school or way. 
and then he founded a huge number of temples a huge number of temples so there's a very famous pilgrimage that's based on his life it's called the Shikoku 88 some of you old effortless English fans and members will know this because I my wife and I it's a famous pilgrimage and my wife and I walked it it's quite similar and the idea of it is quite similar to the Camino de Santiago Right, the Camino de Santiago is about a one-month walking trip across Spain. It's a Christian pilgrimage, right, uh, for St. James, specifically. Well, it's kind of a similar idea. So this, the Shikoku is also a religious pilgrimage. And you walk, it's also about a month long, a little bit longer than the Camino, but not much longer. And uh, it's called the Shikoku 88 because uh, the pilgrimage is based on visiting 88 temples. 88 temples founded by Kobodaishi. Right, so it's ba- it's a it's a pilgrimage based on Kobodaishi and his uh, his teachings. You know, this great saint of Japanese Buddhism. Specifically, Shingon Buddhism. We shouldn't say Japanese Buddhism because that's like saying American Christianity, right? It's not specific enough. What is American Christianity? Well, that's it, it almost it's almost a meaningless f- to say American Christianity because there are so many kinds of Christianity in America, right? I mean, is are we talking about Eastern Orthodox? Are we talking about Catholic? Or all the many Protestant groups? Even some say Mormons. Right? And these are all can be very, very, very different, these different Christian groups in America. So you have to be more specific. You need to say Catholic or Eastern Orthodox or Methodist. It's the same in Japan. You cannot just say Japanese Buddhism. I was watching a podcast, a show from uh, Vox Day, and uh, I like him generally. He's, he's a Christian, but he, he really is, does not know much about Buddhism. And sometimes he, he makes statements about Buddhism or criticizes Buddhism, and he doesn't know what he's talking about. And he talked about Japanese Buddhism. He was... And uh, just, you know, when he used that phrase, I knew he didn't know what he was talking about. Because it's like, well, what the hell is he talking about? Japanese Buddhism, there are many kinds of Japanese Buddhism that are very different. For example, there's Zen Buddhism, which is what most people, I think that's probably what most people think of. When they think of Japanese Buddhism, they think of Zen. It's the most famous. It's, it has, Zen has strong connections to the samurai. Zen has strong connections to uh, artists, Japanese art. And probably most importantly, Zen is the one that became most famous in the West, in the United States. Shunru Suzuki, uh, back in, I think, the 50s or 60s, came over to America. He founded the Zen Center in San Francisco and really introduced Zen Buddhism to America and then the West and others as well. And so Zen, especially in the popular West, Europe and America and elsewhere... Zen became kind of the big famous uh, form of Buddhism, especially Japanese Buddhism. And so most of the time I find when people think of Japanese Buddhism in the West, they're thinking of Zen and they don't realize there are other quite different kinds of Buddhism. Shingon, for example, which was Kobodaishi's form of Buddhism, is very different than Zen. Very, very, very different than Zen. I mean, many of the 
main ideas and concepts and practices and philosophies are quite different than Zen. In fact, Zen Buddhism is really a strange form of Buddhism. Zen is strange. If you compare it to, you know, the, the most common forms of Buddhism, like Theravada, what you find in Burma and uh, Thailand and Sri Lanka, those are the most traditional forms of Buddhism. And then you have the kind of, um, like, Shingon and uh, Tibetan Buddhism, which are almost, almost, I would say, blends of... Sanatana Dharma, Hinduism, and Buddhism. They have, they have a strong uh, Hindu Sanatana Dharma kind of uh, uh, connection. All Buddhism does. All Buddhism came out of Sanatana Dharma, but especially those forms. And that's what Shingon is. So getting back to Shingon and the pilgrimage, so 88 temples, Kobodaishi founded this uh, Shingon Buddhism in Japan and then he founded all these temples so there's this big pilgrimage where you walk around the island of Shikoku the big island of Shikoku and you visit the temples one starting at number one and you go around to number 88 it takes a little over a month to do it to walk it all and my wife did that now Kobodaishi later after he founded all those temples, <laughs> or inspired all those temples in Shikoku, then he decided he wanted to make a center for his, you know, his his kind of Buddhism, his school of Buddhism, his uh, uh, his following, you know, the monks and the people he was teaching. We got bigger and bigger and bigger. So he decided he wanted to create a center, like a headquarters, basically. Like, where where can I have a center? I want to have a place where like my all the the ser most serious monks can come and he wanted it to be far away from like cities you know he wanted it to be up in the mountains somewhere where the Buddh the buddhist monks could come and learn the new monks could come and learn and the other monks could teach them and and practice and he chose this place called koyasan koyasan it's in the mountains and it's south of Osaka. South of Osaka. It takes, let me think, from Osaka city center, maybe an hour and a half by train to get there. Something like that. Maybe eh, maybe a little longer. So mm, close to that. Anyway, and it's you go south of Osaka, down into the mountains, and uh, you've got to either walk or take this uh, train up the side of a mountain and then you come into this little valley um, which is on top of mountains this little mountain valley and there is Koyasan and it's a temple town it's full of these Shingon Buddhist temples I can't remember how many but many many <laughs> I don't know 20 or more something like that and the nice thing is, uh, a lot of them have, uh, like, gu guest houses. You know, originally for, and mostly for, uh, of course, Japanese people who practice Shingon, or who are just Buddhists in general, to come and they can stay at a temple, for, stay at the temple for a few days, and they can, uh, you know, pray with the monks and maybe meditate with the monks a little bit, and visit the town. 
the main the main attraction it's a pilgrimage site because this is where Kobodaishi was um, buried is it buried or cremated I'm not sure but basically when he died this is where the remains the remains of Kobodaishi are and they say that you know that he's still you know spiritually he's still there meditating so people come to visit the there's a temple there there's a big cemetery a big 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 famous cemetery in fact in Koyasan there are some very very famous Japanese people are buried I think that what they do is they cremate them they burn the bodies and then they take the ashes and bury them I think I'll have to again not to research that but I think that's what it is so anyway it's in this forest this great big forest with like redwood kind of cedar trees tall old old trees and then all through it are these stone markers for the cemeteries of all these people and some quite famous people are buried in Koyasan uh, including Ieyasu Tokugawa the first shogun I was mentioning he has his own separate <laughs> uh, burial area and there's a big building and shrine there for him and then there's the main cemetery and you walk through it it takes probably 20 minutes to walk through this huge cemetery in the forest it's beautiful beautiful sometimes a little foggy it's a little bit wet there's some stream it's an amazing kind of magical place really that cemetery I love it I love going there I love walking through there one of my favorite places to visit I love just to go there and you know stay at a temple for a, a couple nights visit the cemetery uh, the temples always have great food which is vegetarian usually so if you're a vegetarian added bonus for you go to Koyasan now of course a few foreigners are going not all temples except foreigners meaning they don't speak English <laughs> I guess they'll accept it if you speak Japanese you could go to you know any temple you want and stay but uh, uh, some of the temples the accommodation the guest houses uh, the, the staff does not speak English so really it's not practical to stay there but some have do have uh, English speaking monks and uh, you can stay at those and a few I think there are a couple that re almost specialize in uh, having foreign visitors and they they see it as a chance to introduce Buddhism to foreign visitors so there are a few you can research it there are a few that uh, have good English speaking staff it's not a problem for me since my wife speaks Japanese as a native speaker but anyway Koyasan coming back to the central topic I would like to take my mom there because I think it would be a unique a special unique experience for her also because um, again you know I forget I, it's easy to forget when you, after you've traveled a lot you forget how some things can be quite special for people things that you've seen many times they become normal for you but then you, know, you travel with someone else and they're, they're like a mate. Wow, oh my God, oh. And you kind of, oh yeah, right. You know, you kind of remember the first time for yourself. Oh yeah, I was excited the first time too. It's, it's kind of fun actually. It's one of the fun things now for me is uh, I've traveled so much, I don't get amazed by things quite as much. But um, I always enjoy traveling with other people, especially new travelers. Like I had a great time traveling with my cousin Philip. 
took him to Vietnam and we took him to Thailand and Nepal and it was really fun to see his excitement and to kind of re-experience that excitement with him you know my wife and I is the experienced travelers and him as the new guy getting you know super enthusiastic and I think that's gonna be fun with my mom to do the same here in Japan of course I'm used to all this stuff now in Japan but I know that for my mom all of these things are gonna be uh, really different I mean this is like her not like this is going to be her very first trip outside of the United States her very first trip to a foreign country and Japan is quite different than America so I expect that all kinds of things lots of small things I don't even think about will be very interesting to her so looking forward to all these things with my mom should be fun and this helps me also not be quite so stir-crazy uh, kind of thinking about all the trips we can take here in Japan <laughs> to show my mom around so it kind of helps me uh, you know with our first first three months we only had our daughter only the baby girl because the boy was in the hospital and so she has advanced now she's grown and now at her age she's doing quite well she's starting to sleep quite a long time at night like six hours at night sometimes five or six hours which is just amazingly great so we were just everything was just starting to get easier with with the baby girl the little mochichan we were really starting like ah the hardest part is finished you know those first three months parents you all know all parents know the first three months really tough the babies are don't sleep much they're crying like every two hours they want to eat it's uh, very hard as, as a, a parent but you get through it you know still do it guys have kids have kids and do it when you're young don't be like me <laughs> have kids when you're young and have a lot of them they're fun but the first few months are, are tough it's just two three months usually unfortunately we have a kind of a different situation number one we have twins which makes it a little more difficult but the second problem is that our boy because of being in the hospital because of some serious health problems he's really about three months behind our girl so just as our girl was getting easier and we're starting to relax then he came home and now he's like just from the beginning he wakes up every two hours he's constantly crying he's constantly hungry no sleep so it's like we're starting again <laughs> like we just getting through the first three months and ah uh, now we have to go back to the beginning and start again with him so we probably have another three months we probably have three more months to get him more strong to get him sleeping longer to get him to be easier so it's kind of doubling the amount of time where we're getting uh, where we're stuck at home all the time where we don't get much sleep where it's quite stressful and of course we're also dealing with our daughter still so it's double that um, so that's why I've been going stir crazy <laughs> so I keep telling myself just I hopefully by the end of the summer hopefully by the time my mom visits uh, we can get our boy stronger get him sleeping more in the night and uh, and then we can really start to have more fun for me the fun part with uh, the babies is when I can start to get out with them because I'm such a, a I'm not a homebody at all I loved getting out so I love getting out and walking with my 
baby girl and I'm looking forward to doing the same with him. Once that happens, I'm going to be quite happy and I'm really looking forward to the future as well with my kids when doing some of these trips together, getting out, learning with them, exploring the world with them, seeing the world through their eyes. It'll be great. Wonderful. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to go take a break and rest. Good talking to you. Hope you enjoyed this walk and talk. As always, commit to my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. You support Effortless English when you do that. This podcast is free for all. No advertising, nothing. So you want to support? Some people ask how to support Effortless English. They appreciate this. Well, the best way is become a VIP member because you also speak fluently, powerfully, effortlessly, and think in English when you do that. When you commit to my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. EffortlessEnglishClub.com.